Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. We don't have any ads today or any even any intro music because I'm on the road and I forgot to send myself those <laughs> audio files. So you're just getting the hacked together version of the podcast. Um, today I have a special guest, my mom, and she is coming to bring the boomer perspective to the Adventist Millennial podcast. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Okay, so first, tell us your name. My name is Rosalie Weber. And tell us, what are your greatest hits? Some things about yourself. Well, my greatest hits would probably be my three children, Aaron, John, and Emily. I'm lucky enough to be married to my best friend, Alan. Cool. So, I guess my first question is, did you grow up Adventist? Yes, I'm, I'm third generation Adventist. So, um, what, what was Adventism like for you growing up? Well, um, as a kid, you don't really think much about the way you're growing up. You just think you're growing up like everybody else. And I grew up with, in a neighborhood where we were mostly Adventists. I went to Adventist schools. Um, my mom worked in an Adventist hospital, so we were very tied to the church, and I thought that's how life was supposed to be. You So it doesn't sound like you'd questioned a lot, or did you? No, um, my personality isn't very much a questioning person. Um, I just pretty much did what was expected of me. I didn't have any problems. I was, I'm a rules-oriented type of person, so as long as I understood what the rules are, I was okay with abiding with them. Didn't really question a whole lot. So, um, you went to church a lot. You went to Pathfinders. You did all that stuff. Yes. Did Pathfinders, went to church. Saturday nights, we did roller skating at the school gym. <laughs> so, very Adventist. So, well, I guess a lot of complaints that I hear is how how strict the rules are within Adventism. But I guess if you're a rules-oriented person, that didn't bother you that No, but... You never felt like there were a lot of rules involved in religion? Um, I guess I did um, deep down inside because they surfaced when I got older and started asking questions. But as a kid, no, I never really asked a whole lot of questions. We had morning and evening worship every single day. Uh, I did question the validity of them because... They were pretty much just like a culture thing. They, it didn't really help me, um, encourage me to ask any questions. We just read the lesson. There was no discussion. We sang, we read the lesson, we prayed, and that was it. Um, so while you didn't have any questions, it also didn't necessarily have a lot of meaning to you? or did, or Well... Um, it was very cultural, I, sh- I would say that. Um, there were things that, that were appropriate to do, things that weren't appropriate to do. Um, I went to church to see my friends, not necessarily 
to um, gain an understanding of God. It was just the thing to do. It was the expected thing to do. So then you said when you got older, some questions started coming up. When was that and what kinds of questions were they? Well, they started coming up when I started noticing um, my friends, you know, veering from the routine, I guess you could say, of um, going to church. Uh, probably the questions came when I was in college. I started dating my now husband and he is a very analytical person and he had lots of questions and we would talk about those and um, in those talks, during those talks, I would think, you know, those are questions I have deep down inside but never was brave enough to actually ask them. But I realized when he would bring them up that they were questions I had. I just had never um, articulated them. So that's interesting. Did Can you think of anything specifically? I, I know for sure um, by the time I was 15, I was, I was baptized when I was 13. By the time I was 15 or 16, I had um, told myself that marrying a non-Adventist was a, a non-negotiable thing. Um, so I knew I had to marry an Adventist. Why, why did you I don't know that? if it's because um, I knew that my parents would probably disapprove if I did, but I really, I, I liked the culture. I enjoyed the people I was around and with, and Sabbath was a non-negotiable thing I was going to give up. That was real important to me, even though at home we never really talked about God, His character, and trying to make sense of Him, and why we were doing the things we did. But I understood that the Sabbath was an important thing, and that was something that I wasn't going to give up. So it was really important to me to date an Adventist because I wasn't going to go to church by myself, and with and whenever I had a family, I was I was not going to go to church by myself. Okay, so a lot of millennials, people my age, are getting really frustrated with the church because of partly I think it's the sort of strict rules and partly I think it's kind of the mentality of this generation of not liking establishments and things like that but a lot of people have either left or have wanted to leave the church um did you ever feel like that in your life I think about this sometimes I I think if I had married somebody else somebody who was like me that was just a cultural Adventist, I would think I probably, if if I didn't leave the church, I probably wouldn't be going on a regular basis because it was, it was just a culture thing. It, there wasn't really anything, probably the only thing that would have held me back was, um, you know, hurting my, my mom's feelings that, I quit going to church, but as far as something that really meant that that I owned about Adventism, I didn't have that, except for the fact that um, I married Alan, 
who had lots of questions and because he had lost lots of questions we had lots of discussions and talked about why and um, things about God's character that didn't make sense and as as those things came to the surface um, trying to understand God um, in a better way in a way that made sense and not just a person that required us to do something and if we didn't do it watch out and I I realized that the picture that we paint so often of a of a God who um, as long as you do what he says he's fine but watch out boy if you um, disobey the rules or decide that you didn't want him in your life um, at the end he's gonna do something to you and that's that really didn't settle real well with me I started realizing you know we don't accept somebody like that any friends any relationships here um, who, who would treat us like that why would it be okay for God to treat us like that there's something that didn't make sense and when I started hearing things like that isn't what God does and if he did it's no wonder people my friends lots of my classmates are no longer in the church it's no wonder they left uh, why would you want to trust somebody that would do that force you into a relationship without giving you anything to trust about them when I started realizing that and started maybe thinking about other ways that God could be presented or has been mispresented and misunderstood I he became attractive to me and I wanted a relationship with him. So you mentioned that a lot of your friends and, and people you, that you know your age have also left the church too. It's not just my generation. Do you think that's justified? If we're not being, if we're misunderstanding something important, is it justified for people to want to leave? Well, if something doesn't make sense, if religion doesn't make sense, and God looks like an ogre that, I mean, why would you want to spend, even if you got to go to heaven, why would you want to be in heaven with somebody that wasn't really that likable? The whole thing just kind of falls apart. I, I can see why millennials um, are and my friends have left because if something doesn't make sense I mean things have to make sense you can't just accept something that underneath it all you're like it doesn't make sense but they say God's love and if you're afraid and just do the things because you're afraid it doesn't end real well you said you never, you didn't necessarily um, articulate all those questions on your own. For people who don't necessarily 
Maybe they take, take issue with the restrictive culture. Maybe it's not necessarily that it doesn't make sense to them. Like, for example, maybe your brothers, do, do you feel like you had the same attitudes growing up as kids? And do you think that you changed in some way? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it was something that we never really discussed. What was it? Um, why they quit going to church or why um, it wasn't that important for them. I, I can't speak for them, um, for how they were, what they, what they thought of growing up, but um, my sense was, or is, that um, they also were, were cultural Adventists. You know, if you're just a cultural Adventist, you wake up one day and you think, why am I getting up and going to church when it's just for show or um, to see friends? I can see them any other time besides church. Or um, if your friends have all gone away and there's nobody to connect to, what's the point? Especially when you start having a family, it's such a big inconvenience to have to dress everybody, get up early when you know, when, um, especially if, if you're a working um, parent, you know, having a, a day off, having to dress all the kids and get yourself ready early to get to church on time, for what? There really comes a, a, a time when it just seems so pointless. That's a good segue into how your attitude with us growing up like we always went to church and stuff was it culturally important and that's why or was there at that point why why did you go through all the pain of, especially getting me dressed <laughs> yes so what what was your attitude for having us grow up Adventist I even though I had questions and um it was still, the alternative was worse for me. I mean, I, I still, I, I didn't have all my questions answered, but I did want you to have good memories of going to church and hopefully being able to relate the knowledge of God and religion in correspondence with your age and trying to answer, you know, your questions instead of just saying, no, this is the way we do things and we just do them. Even when we were little, little kids? Because when I was a kid, I felt like it was, that's just the way we do things. Well, yeah, when, when you're a kid, there's not a whole lot of um, discussion <laughs> that you can have. I mean, it's, it, I, it did and start out to be just a culture thing for you guys. I wanted you to get used to going to church Plus, you know, um, I was still a cultural Adventist, even though I had questions and I, I never got to the point where I thought it was pointless, hmm. where I think my friends who quit coming, going to church, I think um, finally, at least that's what I think, that they finally decided, what's the point? I never reached that, but if I had not... Um, gotten some answers or questions answered I probably would have reached that point yeah because I feel like when I was growing up a lot of my friends like families 
went to church when the kids were young, but then by the time, you know, high school or college, whatever, the whole family would just kind of stop going. And I feel like there are, like, sections sections of life when people, <laughs> when I've seen people I know quit going is, like, right around college and just after college mm-hmm. when you don't have kids yet and you are just, like, forget this. Yeah, because nobody, nobody, I mean, your parents can't make you go anymore. Yeah. It's your decision. So the parents are making the kids go as the kids, and then the kids are making their parents go as their kids. Because a lot of people want to take their kids to church when they're kids. Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know, if it if you don't have really good, um, important reasons, I guess, it's pretty easy to stop. Um, okay, so uh, we kind of have talked about this a little bit, but how have your perspectives changed over the years? Do you still have questions? Are there any questions that you feel like you've had answered? Um, oh, I of course I still have questions and um, am constantly trying to come up with more questions. I mean, God is infinite. I want to... I wanna, know him um, better and better every day and of course I'm gonna have questions but the important ones the big ones I hope that I've matured enough so that even when bad things happen instead of blaming God or, or, or saying being tempted to say well he must not be that interested in me or I must have done something um, so that he's turned his back on me I I I sure hope that I'm past that and and can be confident that I'll hang on tighter when things don't always go the way I want them to go I mean it's so easy to to believe in God when things are going your way it's another story when things when tragedies (laughs) happen yeah are there any things that you feel like um any perspectives you feel like that have changed for you? Yeah, the biggest perspective is it's not about Lozley. <laughs> it's about God. It's always about God. When I start thinking about Lozley, I can go down so many rabbit holes that'll pull me down. I have to constantly say, look up, Lozley. It's not about you. And Another aha moment for me is realizing how selfish I am and that God's universe is unselfish. That's how he wants to run his universe and how attractive that is to me. And yet I'm so selfish and, and realize how thankful I am that God wants to change my heart and that he can do that Mm. even even though I am such a I realize how selfish I am um one of the things that I've heard people my age complain about is that there doesn't seem like there's a lot of community in the church what do you think about that do you think it's true um yes I think that is true part of it I think is because we're afraid to be real with each other. I know for me, I'm afraid to be real with with people around me because I don't want them to judge me. I don't want them 
to feel sorry for me. Um, I don't want them to gossip about me. I don't know how to get past that with each other. I guess you just have to... So you think it has to do with trust? Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think we trust each other to lay our burdens on each other. Um, that, that's a big thing for me. Another thing is, is also putting yourself out there and then maybe not seeing results. And so you're like, well, I'm putting all this work and I'm not really seeing anything, any benefits to anybody. So am I just spinning my wheels? And I think that's the wrong attitude to have. You just, not everybody's gonna respond to you. And I think we just need to keep trying. And that's what I have to keep telling myself. I don't know if I've touched anybody's life in a positive way, but I need to just keep trying and not give up because there have been days when I come to church and just somebody saying a kind word or somebody showing concern um, made me feel like I mattered. And so I, I have to think, you know, I hopefully I do that for, for somebody else too. Yeah. Uh, so coming from the boomer perspective and watching me and my brothers grow up, um, how, <laughs> were there, I mean, I feel like my, looking back at my own life, the journey was kind of similar to you as a little, little kid. It was just like, this is the way it is and that's fine. And I liked church and all that. And then um, I got a little older, and I've talked about this on the podcast, and I got super kind of fundamentalist and conservative, and then by the time I got to college, I was like, forget all this. Um, so <laughs> were there any any of those times that you noticed, or like, did, were you ever afraid, I guess, for me, or how did you see my journey, I guess, when as I was growing up? Well, it's, it's interesting um, hearing you talk about that because, I don't know, maybe I was a bad mother, but <laughs> I wasn't that entombed with that. And I have to credit your dad, I really do. I think it's really true that whoever you watch and model after, that's what you end up doing. And my parents, um, I probably would have, well, not would have, I know. I would have used their same approach with you kids um, as my folks did when it came to religion. You know, it's just, that's just the way you got it. You, we, we do it. And um, even though I say, you know, hopefully I would make it more meaningful for you, but you know, you can only do what you've seen modeled for you. It's really hard to change from that. And I'm very, very thankful for your dad because I think he take he gets most of the credit for that because he was he was aware and tried to get you guys to think more. Yeah. Um, whereas I I was too busy cleaning or something. <laughs> yeah, but you were good about 
making us learn our memory words. So, um, what would you say to millennials who are having serious doubts or questions or like coming to their last straw with Adventism? What would you say? Ask questions and um, keep asking questions and and um, hopefully us older generation folks, the boomers, will listen to those questions and try to answer them and not answer them with pat answers like we got. Um, but dialogue about those questions. And I don't know, I don't know if millennials have questions. I, I'm, I don't know. So then you'll host a Q&A where people can ask you their questions? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, um, as a boomer, I want to connect with, with millennials. Well, I want to connect with millennials. I'm just not sure how to do it so that it's meaningful for them. So, <clears throat> send in your questions for my mom. <laughs> and she'll answer them. Um, or maybe you could have like an advice column or something. <laughs> mm, I don't know if I would be good. Or if you want to learn how to cook or sew or get garden. In touch with <laughs> or clean up appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tips on cleaning. Oh well, that's a that is a point. People my age are always like. How come nobody taught us in school, like, how to, you know, do our taxes and do laundry and all that kind of thing? So if you need any home ec training, you know where to go. <laughs> um, okay, so if you want to get in touch, you can email me at adventistmillennial at gmail.com, or you can message me on Facebook or Instagram at Millennial. Um, comments, questions, critiques, flames, gifts, memes, any of that stuff, send it over. Um, and we'll see you guys next year. Because this is the last episode of the year. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you for... Well, I was going to say... Thank you for forcing me to memorize. <laughs> but I don't know that I'm necessarily thankful. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone.